At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others to grow their own nutrient-dense, healthy, organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years, and that got me thinking, what if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm U member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit-chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session, plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to urbanfarmmembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444. That's urbanfarmmembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Shelly Peterman Schwartz to talk about her experience with gardening with disabilities. Sherry has distinguished herself by meeting the personal and professional challenges of living and working with a progressive disabling multiple sclerosis. An award-winning writer, author of seven books, and professional motivational speaker, she uses her experiences to inspire and empower audiences to rise above challenges and teach them how to bloom where they're planted. Her focus is finding solutions to common everyday problems that people diagnosed with chronic illnesses face. From getting dressed and making meals to tending gardens and continuing to enjoy recreational activities, her philosophy is that a problem is only a situation waiting for a solution. Welcome to the show today, Shelley. Glad to be here. Thanks for being here. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks? And share more about the path you took to get where you're at now. Well, in 1979, I was a working parent. I had two kids. I had a 10-year-old marriage. And I was enjoying life when I was surprisingly diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And the doctor told me at the time when we didn't know it was MS that it could either be an MS or brain tumor. So MS is what I was finally left with as a diagnosis, and Uh I 
needed to find new ways. It, it slowly became, or slowly, it quickly became evident that life as I knew it was no mm. longer the way it was going to be, yeah. and I had to find new ways to conquer everyday problems. And one of the things that I didn't want to give up and that I really, really enjoyed was being outside and mm. working in the yard. And I did it with my kids, who were five and three at the time. But slowly but surely, it became obvious that things had to change. And as they changed in all parts of my life, mm -hmm. I just began, you know, figuring that that was my job now, to figure out solutions. Oh, and that's right. what I started doing. Interesting. So what is multiple sclerosis for those of us that don't really know? Well, it is an autoimmune disease, much like diabetes and arthritis. And for some reason, the body attacks normal, healthy mm. tissues that it thinks there's an infection or a foreign invader, and it destroys, in my case, in MS's case, it's the myelin sheath, oh. which is the insulating fabric of the spinal cord, and it also can form lesions in the brain, which interrupt signals so that your your brain and your muscles don't get the right connections and you lose abilities. And mm. no two cases are alike so that somebody may have trouble walking, somebody may have trouble swallowing, thinking, cognitive, uh, making decisions, word mm -hmm. finding, that kind of thing can be affected. It can be in any combination and severity level. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of a, a grab bag. There are today many drugs for people who are newly diagnosed and have a kind of remitting, relapsing, where it gets worse, it gets better, it never gets as good as it was, but right. it vacillates. Wow. Uh, unfortunately for me, there was not, and there still is not, any kind of treatment, and I'm left with very severe disability. Mm. I'm so sorry about that. How, how has that affected you? It has made me very strong, even though my body doesn't mm, work. Uh -huh. My mind more than makes up for it, as you uh -huh. can probably guess. Thankfully, my mouth and my speech and swallowing has not been affected and never has been, and I hope it never will be. But uh, I've had to discover new ways to do everything, and... Uh -huh. Some of it is not being able to do it, but finding alternative ways, having other people help me, uh, not being able to do certain things, kind of giving up or making compromises so that I can't, you know, I can't do what I can't do. Right. And I don't beat myself up about it. I did for many years think what a waste of a person I was because I mm. couldn't so many things. Oh, I'm sorry. But I realized that I have a lot more value beyond my physical body. Mm. And mm -hmm. just being here, uh, I still am an important member of our community. We've lived in Madison, Wisconsin for close to 50 years. My husband and I have wow. been married for seven uh -huh. and have a successful marriage. We have two grown kids who are married, have children, have 401ks and a health <laughs> plan. Oh, so yeah. I feel like, you know, we've we've weathered a lot of storms, but, you know, everybody's got stuff. Oh, yeah. This is our stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
So how have you, let's talk about gardening for a little while uh -huh. uh, and gardening with disabilities and what, what kinds of things have you run into in your, in, in the space of you learning to garden after yeah. MS? Right. Well, one of the things that's really difficult for people who have chronic illness, and sometimes it's the illness itself as a symptom or medication you're taking, you know, you're sensitive to the heat or oh, you're sensitive yeah. to the weather. And if it's too humid and hot, I can't be outside. Mm. I like become like a noodle. So you you have to be aware of that. So there are definitely some things you have to be very careful of. I started wearing, when I, when I could still get outside and when the weather was nice, you know, I would do things in the morning mm. before the heat. I would wear a bracelet, like if I left the water on and I didn't want to forget that I had done it, I wore a little plastic bracelet. Now people have cell phones. You can set a cell phone to remind you oh, that yeah. it's on. I used, uh, I didn't carry a watering can or do anything like that. I had special lightweight hoses. I sometimes used dripped hoses because they were easier and I didn't have to move them. Uh, rolling sprinklers. Uh, in our, We built a new house about 20 years ago uh -huh. and we put in a sprinkler system. Oh, right. Because the, it was expensive, but I gave up other things on the house, inside the house, for the compromise of not having to get out there at pivotal times of the summer and late fall when it was, you know, when it was not nice out. Right. And so that I could do what needed to be done to protect my plants in uh -huh. the yard. So you make monetary uh, compromises and also personal compromises mm -hmm. to how you do things. Yeah. Well, I had I, I had a business partner a few years ago, and she was this petite little thing, and we had a lot of conversations while we were working together about how she had to shift. You know, she couldn't lift a fifty-pound bag of fertilizer, so she always had to keep in mind that she could, you know, lift twenty pounds. So she was she was shifting as well, just in the space of who she was. So this isn't necessarily something that. Um, one has to have disabilities to think about. Absolutely not. And the other thing is, if you've had an accident or recovering from mm. surgery or an illness, life still goes on and yeah. you've got to figure out ways to do it. I had a special kind of wheelbarrow that oh. was much easier for me to operate. Right. Uh, and I don't even remember what it was mm -hmm. when I think about it now because it was so long ago. Right. But you find products, you start looking for things to make it easier. Now with the internet and oh, with yeah. groups, support groups and groups like yours, uh, uh -huh. organizations, you can you have a whole group of people who you can brainstorm off of and say, I this yeah. is a new problem for me. How are you solving it? Because there's always somebody who knows how to do something. Right, right. And yeah, you know, I was just talking to another fr a friend of mine the other day about the connectivity that we have these days uh, and you know it's so true if you want you know just google something and and see what comes up uh, and that's I know my my son uh, bought an older house and he was remodeling it and uh -huh. he he's handy but 
he didn't know how to do a lot of things. And I'd say, well, how do you know how to sweat pipes? And how do you, do you know how to put in new windows? He says, I just Googled it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, that, and that's, that, that's one of the beauties of our world today is that, you know, mm-hmm. if you need to, if you need to, I, I bought a tool recently and the instructions were really bad. So I just looked online and I said, is there a video for such and such? And, you know, before long, I was watching a three minute video on how to assemble this thing and it was done. Right. And the other part that I loved is that people would write to him about how to do things and then somebody else would voice in, no, 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 don't do that. It won't work that way. you uh, got to yeah. do it this way. Yeah. So, you know, if you're open and you want to learn new things, which is something that I encourage people to do all the time, yeah. it keeps you young and vital and, and you can't know it all. So ask everybody you know for their best tips and their best strategies yeah. or how to solve a problem. And I guarantee somebody will step up and tell you. Yeah, exactly. Because we want to be heard. Yes. Yes. And we want to keep doing what we want to do. And gardening and making things beautiful outside just feeds our soul. Oh, and yeah. you, you can't give that up. Yeah. Oh, that is so true. Well, and the other piece of this that... Uh, you know, that you've mentioned a couple of times in the questions that you sent over is this whole notion of aging as well. Yes. Because as we age, things happen. And we, you know, yeah. right now I'm, I'm 55 years old and right now my lower back has just been hurting for the past two weeks and it's probably from too much digging, but I've had to start adjusting how I'm mm-hmm. being um, yeah. in the garden. And And I know that some people are so energetic and so excited and want to do things by themselves Uh that sometimes they get into trouble and they really need to say, you know, that's really at at this point in my life, maybe I should get a piece of equipment to help me. Maybe maybe I should hire uh, some high school or college kids. You know, I figure you're helping the economy and you're saving yourself and you're still getting done what you want to get done. Yeah. That is so true. Um, a couple of years ago, um, we built a new chicken coop here at the urban farm, and I needed help, so I just put it out to my friends, and my friends came over and helped. Yeah, I mean, it's like the old barn raising, yep, and it's wonderful. Exactly. You build community, you make new memories, and you have things to talk about with other people. Right. And I am never without a misadventure or a problem (laughs) or uh oh my goodness i never expected this to happen right right so you've written seven books yeah i had a lot of time on my hands (laughs) oh there you go (laughs) wow yeah it's been 37 years since i've had multiple sclerosis and about 35 of mm, 34, 35 of them, I've been in a wheelchair uh, oh, okay. with one hand tied behind my back. So oh, uh-huh. not to, it, it doesn't work very well. So uh, I used whatever good time I had. I, As I said, you know, as the kids were in school and everybody was off doing their own thing, I was home and as my kids one time told me, Mom, you've got to get a life. Mm. And they were right because, yeah. you know, when you... When you have to wait for everybody else to help you do what you want to do, mm-hmm. you gotta you can't sit around and and bemoan the fact that she ain't it awful. Yeah. 
Well, you can. You can, but it's not in your best interest. Yeah, it's no fun. No. Right. Wow. So in the space of 35 years and being in a wheelchair, now you said with one hand tied behind your back, does that mean you don't have use of one of your arms? Right, right. Wow. Right. So yeah. in this, although I have gotten back a little bit of use now, but uh-huh. I didn't when they were when the kids were young at wow. all. So in the space of that time, you raised two kids, plus you wrote seven books. Tell us about uh, how did you get to the point of you know being inspired to write books and then writing books, and then how did you get them written? Slowly, word mm, for word, you yeah. know, you just stare at the blank page. I think what motivated me was one day I was making sandwiches for the kids, uh-huh. and that was back in the day when we were making using white bread, perish the thought, and it would it would rip, and I was spreading peanut butter on it, oh, and they would yeah. look at the sandwich and they I don't want to eat that, and I was just exasperated with um you know how ridiculous. So I thought, well, if I put the bread in the freezer and it freezes, I can spread the peanut butter on it and it won't rip the bread. By the time they got to the table, the bread was soft and they ate it. Okay. I think it was that pivotal moment when I realized, you know, that I was doing a lot of things every day to make it easier for myself. Uh And that perhaps some of the things Uh I was learning and discovering would help other people. That's how it started. Mm-hmm. And I happened to have a good friend who was an English teacher. And one day I wrote something on how to make it easier to get ready for the holidays because I didn't know how I was going to go shopping for presents. I didn't know how I was going to wrap them. I uh-huh. didn't know how I was going to decorate the house. And I wrote a, a little story about how I could, what I was doing to make it easier for myself to have the holidays the way I wanted them. Uh-huh. And she encouraged me to call the newspaper. They ended up publishing the article, and they asked me to write another one. And eventually, I decided to write some tips and approach a magazine. Uh And I I approached the National MS Magazine Uh from the MS Society because I figure I know about MS, and I know about what it was like, and I wrote about what what the challenges were of raising children. Oh, my and gosh, it so, yeah. so happened that they were publishing an issue on being a parent with MS, and it was accepted. And from that point on, things just kind of grew slowly. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually I, uh, I write a column every other week for the Wisconsin State Journal newspaper. I'm on the local CBS affiliate showing tips for making life easier in our community. I've been doing both of those for about 20 years. Wow. And the books have been an outgrowth of yeah. all of the things, and a lot of them I learned from other people. Mm-hmm. Just like I was saying earlier about gardening and finding out how to do things uh-huh. that you don't know how to do, watch other people, observe, yeah. ask questions, and you be you can't possibly know it all. So just, you know, take it. I I can be anywhere, and I can watch somebody doing something and say, oh, my gosh, that's a tip. Oh, yeah. I might not know about. So anyway, that's that's the kind of the long and short of it. And and I just 
got tired of listening to the sound of the refrigerator turning on and off, and I decided, <laughs> well, maybe I could write something. Yeah. Wow. So I, one of my teachers, Larry Santoyo, I just love him dearly. He talks about people going out in the world and doing, and I'm going to, I'm going to use a little curse word here and I apologize, but he talks, it's his word, not mine. Uh, he talks about people going out in the world and doing epic shit. Mm-hmm. And you, that is an epic story. You have, you have gone from what could have ended your, really ended your life to an epic life that um, congratulations thank you because you had a tr- you, go ahead well i i appreciate your acknowledging that because there were a lot of sleepless nights and oh, a lot yeah. of crying and a lot of temper tantrums and uh-huh. a lot of uh, a lot of personal struggle and pain and not physical pain, but emotional pain. Yeah. And uh, you have to work through it. I mean, at least that was my solution. You have yeah. to acknowledge what is and then figure out what, I, what am I going to do about it now? Right. When you, and you had a choice point in your life. Yes. You could have, you know. Many. <laughs> man, many, but you could have at one point when you found out you had MS, that you, you could have continued sitting on the couch drinking beer and watching TV. Yeah, well... There were times I wanted to do that, (laughs) you know, and there were times when I watched so much TV, I thought I was losing brain cells, but, but, you know, I had two little kids that a wonderful husband Mm -hmm. who's still a wonderful husband, and I have two kids that are still wonderful, Uh and, uh, you know, there are bigger things in this world than, people have suffered a lot in this world, and I mean, just look at the world as it is today, and, you know, how lucky are we that we're born in the United States, that we have freedom, that we are warm, that we have clothes and food. And yeah. I mean, how can I complain when, you know, all you need to do is turn on the TV and look at what people are living with or yeah. living through? Yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations. I'm, I, I am moved and inspired by your story. Thank you. So tell us, so let's talk about your books for a little while. Um, your most recent one is Home Accessibility Tips for making life easier and affordable with low-cost solutions. So tell us about that I, book. I wrote that because I realized that when bad things happen, when you can't do things the way you used to do them, uh-huh. and you got to make some changes in your home, it's expensive. And oh, a lot yeah. of people have the money to do it. But So I searched out and I found hundreds and hundreds of ways to make it easier, less frustrating, safer, safer for you and your family, especially your children, and how to do it at low cost or no cost. Mm. And the strategies can help you in all parts of your life, not just your home, but in, right. in your work and in your activities that you do with other people it's getting you know having organizational strategies and things that make it easier and uh, some of it came about as a result of gardening and and finished you know getting the crops or or at least buying at the farmer's market a bunch of stuff that you want to save for the winter put it in containers and jars that are see-through so that you know what they are at a glance oh yeah you know simple things that 
you know, you want to say, oh, yeah, or <laughs> put them in put them in smaller containers right. so that you don't have to defrost the whole darn thing, but just take out enough for dinner. Oh, yeah. Use ice poop cube trays to, you know, make pesto and freeze it so mm-hmm. that when you want it, all you need to do is decide how many people you are having and take out that many cubes. So, you know, make and head and freeze and know what freezes and what combinations don't. Right. Those kinds of things. So, but there were lot, lots of tips are on, you know, making your home physically more accessible and right. the outside and, as well. Wow. Cool. So what three things would you recommend to people to look at when they're facing aging or disabilities? Be realistic. Uh, mm. Really look at the picture and look at the picture that might be in the future. So make compromises. You don't have to do everything the way you used to do it. Mm. You don't. I mean, I have a girlfriend who has MS, and she used to go and get the mulch and put it in her trunk of her car and then get it out and put it around her yard. Well, she doesn't do that anymore. She has it delivered. Mm. And her husband got her a little uh, cart. Um, oh, one of those golf carts. Oh, yeah. And, and she has... She has an area in the back that she can put the mulch in. She drives to where she wants it, and then she unloads it. This year, it was really, she was not feeling well. She hired somebody, and she was out there with him. But, you know, for minimum, well, minimum wage, because he was a kid, he was thrilled to get the money, and she was thrilled because she got her yard weeded and mulched in a way that was okay to her and not would make not make her angry and upset every day every time she looked at it thinking i can't do this i'm just you know why am i doing this maybe i shouldn't have a garden and that kind of thing well you don't have to so make compromises give yourself permission to take the help or use the help or find the help and and give yourself that break it's okay uh, use the technology and devices mm-hmm. and services. Mm-hmm. I mean, let them deliver your mulch or let them spread it for you and wheelbarrow it to the back of the yard instead of you having to do it. Yeah. And then find workarounds. You know, if you plan ahead and you kind of think through something, talk it over, process it with friends and other fellow gardeners, you'll find a solution. Yeah. I'm confident. <laughs> And I just want to point out that once again, you uh, spoke to reaching out to your community. Yeah, you know, you can't do it yourself. Yeah. Nobody can do it themselves. Yeah. And if you can't help, you know, one of the things I've done is you know, I invite friends over. When I have a crop or I buy stuff at the market, the farmer's market, uh-huh. and I want to put up stuff like I want to make uh, a bunch of tomatoes or or peaches for the winter yeah i invite friends over and we have a cooking party i provide the some of the stuff they bring other things they bring their own containers we divide up the spoils we divide up how much it costs everybody goes home we're all happy and we had a great time together so look for creative ways to any to Stay involved, and that's the other part. We're all such social beings. Yeah. 
enjoy it. Be with people who enjoy doing the same things you do, and it isn't a chore. You're not asking them or begging them for help. You're doing something that you both enjoy, and you're doing it together. What more yeah. could be? What more could be better? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Wow, cool. Well, I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. Well, I guess the failures are really the things I've struggled with and not wanted to give up on, mm-hmm. whether it was downsizing the garden or finding, you know, deciding that I had to do things completely different and fighting that and pushing to do it the way it was and failing. Uh-huh. Those were the failures, the ones that, you know, when I went and started doing container gardening, and and had plants in containers, I was so much happier. Uh It wasn't as big as my real garden, but I could do it myself, and I could cut cut them and mold them and choose the plants I wanted just like I had in the past. So failures really result in not being realistic and pushing through when you know you need to make a change. Yeah. Beautiful. So what do you consider your biggest success well, aside from gardening, no, <laughs> uh, the most important success I've had is is uh, my marriage and my kids, Beautiful. And raising responsible kids. Yeah. But in terms of big success that I'm very proud of myself is I haven't given up the things I enjoy doing yeah. because they were hard. Yeah. I've continued to search for new ways to do the things I want to do. And when it really becomes evident that, okay, Shelley, for example, I can't drive. I haven't driven since 1985. Mm -hmm. That was a huge loss. And you have to make peace with certain things that you have to give up forever Mm -hmm. and find new ways of appreciating what you do have left. Wow. Cool. So what drives you? There are no answers as to why I got MS, why I got sick. There's nobody in my family who has MS. Uh-huh. I don't I didn't know anybody who had MS. It just was something that happened. And I although I didn't ask why my question in the back of my mind was, what's the purpose in this? Mm, what mm-hmm. purpose was there for me to get this illness and to become so disabled? And I finally came up with it not that many years ago yeah. that there were some lessons I needed to learn and some things I needed to do in my life. And one of them, I think, was being a teacher and teaching people mm. both to bloom where they're planted. Mm-hmm. You can't, I was a teacher before this happened. I was a teacher of the deaf, actually. Oh. And so I taught kids who could not hear. I learned sign language and fingerspelling. And so I had professional training uh-huh. and in how to be a teacher, but I also had personal experience. And I melded the two, and I became a teacher for those of us who are learning and kind of a facilitator 
I'm trying to find solutions and help people see the possibilities. So I've made peace with the fact that I my life did not go where I thought it would be. Right. And that maybe my life still has meaning and purpose. And I think that was the biggest that's that continues to be the biggest thing that drives me. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about education and I have to know what book has been most influential for you in this process? I read books that are uplifting. Ah, uh-huh. I love books like by Bernie Siegel, who, you know, love medicine and miracles about, you know, the, I, I like books about life after death and about mm-hmm. miracles. And I need, I read things that are uplifting, that make me happy, that make me feel positive. I can't read gory, oh, yeah. murder, yeah. you know, treason and yeah. espionage. I, I want to hear, you know, I tease that I like to go to movies, you know. I'd like to see Doris Day and Rock Hudson with Pillow Talk. And, uh-huh. Oh, you've got mail and... Um, the happy ones. Seattle, yeah. you know, Pretty Woman. I like I like things that make me happy, and I think the books are the ones that I choose to do that. And you can find millions of <laughs> self-help and yeah. positive, uplifting, and affirming. Yeah, perfect. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? I would like to just encourage people to be kind to themselves Mm. Uh, you don't have to be a super person a super man super woman super volunteer super gardener you don't have to be the best take that word should out of your vocabulary I will not should on myself today it it pulls you down it doesn't do you any good and I guess what I live by is I don't want to die while I'm still alive. Mm. Mm-hmm. So take the things you enjoy doing, make more of them prevalent in your life, yeah. and eliminate your exposure to toxic people and toxic situations. Mm-hmm. And if that's impossible because they're family members or <laughs> things you can't get away from, then try and dilute them, uh, dilute your exposure to them. So I think one of the greatest lessons I learned, and this is I learned from the orchid. I had a a, a non-blooming orchid. It had been blooming. It was gorgeous. But when it died, it was totally ugly. Uh And it is not a pretty plant. It didn't fit in with my other house plants. It Mm -hmm. looked out of place. And then someone brought me a new blooming orchid and I had the two of them next to each other and I thought you know if MS is my is the body of the plant Uh and that orchid is my soul then something beautiful can come out of something that ugly and I think that's been my whole thing behind blooming where you're planted Uh wow Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Shelley. It's been a treat chatting with you. It's been my pleasure, and I hope that everybody's life is filled with sunflowers Mm. and 
beautiful sunshine and lots of years to work this beautiful land. Perfect. And so how can our listeners get a hold of you? My email address is Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, at makinglifeeasier.com. And my website is makinglifeeasier.com. Perfect. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Thank you. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others to grow their own nutrient-dense, healthy, organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years, and that got me thinking, what if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm U member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit-chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session, plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to urbanfarmmembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444. That's urbanfarmmembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.